All right, let's, let's pray, guys. Father God, I love you. I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for uh, loving us, Lord. I thank you for uh, just the Passpoint class and uh, HBF and just everything that you're doing, Lord. And uh, Lord, I thank you for uh, the days that uh, the class is so full that we don't have anywhere to sit. And I also thank you for days that uh, everybody is so busy in the ministry that they're not here. And, and that's awesome as well, Lord. And so, God, I do pray that you just speak today, that you would just uh, give give me the words to say, Lord. Just uh, Lord, we thank you for uh, just everything that you're doing in our lives, Lord. We Thank you for uh, just uh, everything that's going on with Randy and Julie. And we know that uh, he's still dealing with brain cancer. But it was really awesome yesterday to uh, get to sit and listen to him teach. Uh, Lord, it was just uh, it was encouraging to know that uh, our prayers aren't going uh, unheard. And uh, Lord, we do pray for... Uh, Ashley Livingston's family, uh, her brother and their family and everything that's going on. I pray for the logistics of that, that you would just uh, allow them to know that uh, there's a church and people who love them and uh, can help them uh, just support them through this. Lord, we do pray for uh, Holly and, and, and Brady and uh, the twins coming up and just everything that's going on. Lord, we pray for uh, the Ingalls, Lord, and uh, baby Zona, who's just been struggling with sickness and with the new job and just the transitions in life. Lord, we pray that you just continue to bless them and uh, the Cohens, Lord, as they're uh, adapting to married life and everything that's going on and just uh, everything that's going on in everybody's life, Lord. We just uh, continue to uh, just uh, bring these things to you uh, and that you would just get the honor and the glory, Lord. Pray for Pam and Doug as they're traveling um, overseas, Lord, that they would just uh, have a sweet time uh, with their daughter, uh, that it would be uh, refreshing, uh, God, and just uh, uh, just allow them and the logistics of the trip to go well. So, Lord, I pray you just speak to us today out of the book of Romans. Uh, in Christ's name, amen. All right, so uh, we are in Romans chapter 2, and honestly, the plan is to finish Romans chapter 2 today. We're moving uh, fairly quickly, honestly, for what I thought we would do, but uh, I don't know, Abby was saying something uh, to Paige, I wasn't completely catching all of it, but I don't know how much of this you guys have, uh, have caught uh, as we've moved along, but anyway, I've been giving, I've been giving not homework, but tasks, because I, I don't give homework, but that's why I was like dumbfounded that Meredith wasn't here because she is a task-driven person. So let's be clear, she's not the only one that her tasks. It's all good. What's that? So let's be clear, she's not the only one that her tasks. Hey, I, I think they all, y'all do. I, I just assume that y'all did the task. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, 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 they're tasks. So anyway, uh, we got through the first part of Romans chapter 2 last week, and so... Um, I did. Let's see. What were the tasks? I didn't write them down last week. I was kind of caught off guard. <laughs> hey, it's. Oh yeah. That was it. I didn't. Okay, so what'd you all what'd you all come up with a keyword? We're not, we don't want to talk about the verse right now, but did anybody like did a, did a word jump out in in chapter two? Well, me. <laughs> A form of judge. Yeah, I think that's right. Judgment is definitely the word. Uh, the form of, of some sort of judgment is kind of definitely... Well, I didn't mean to tell you to do it last week, so those of you who didn't do it, you get an extra week because that's this week's task. So, uh, that's what we're getting. Circumcision. That's what we're getting. <laughs> it could have been circumcision. You're right. Right. So if you if you would have taken if you, if you would have taken the word law and circumcision, they're in there probably more times than than judge. But you have to be able to discern. So anyway, yeah, that's good. 
So anyway, I, I do agree as far as uh, keyword goes. I'm not going to put too many too many people on the spot unless somebody just wants to like lay out why they think that's what it is. But um, how many answers do you have this time? I forget things. So really I just write things down. Right. <laughs> write things down. I mean, I've counted how many times it said different judge words. How many? How many? If you, if you did Judgment it. Judgment is three times judges is four judges twice. That's it? Are you sure? Seems like isn't there a whole lot more than that. I, I did. I really just questioned you as even more. Anyway. No, that's good. So anyway, I think that's that's spot on. And I do... Uh, so we're going to pick up in uh, Romans chapter 2 and verse 17. But I, I want... Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, in verse 12, so all through there you see the law, like, you know, and even in the verse before it, or the same verse, verse 12, where there's it says, for as many have, as have sinned without law. It does say the law, you mm-hmm. know, also perish without law. You know, so... That's what we were talking about. And I, I wanted to circle back around and hit that before we get into today's stuff. But that's kind of, I, I had to blow through it at the end of last week because I was out of time. But I do want to circle back around, but it goes right along with what you're saying. We're not talking about the law. And a lot of times we read it like that because that's how it said so many times in the New Testament is the law. And we're talking about the Old Testament law. But what he's talking about in verse 12, and I just want to pick up there. And then I'll get into today's stuff. But I want to circle back around because I did blow through this and I want to make sure it's kind of clear because you read this and it's kind of not so clear. And so anyway, he he does say, For as many have sinned without law shall also perish without law. And as many have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. So why is the first part law and the second part uh, the law? Well, here's why. Because he says... uh, as many who have sinned without law, meaning uh, if you're not uh, a Jew, right? If you're not somebody who had the law given to you, the, the law, uh, meaning the, the Old Testament law that was written, was written to the Jews. It wasn't written to the whole world. And so what they're saying is uh, if you've sinned without it, uh, without some sort of law, you're also going to perish without whatever your law is, right? And so that's the whole point is... Uh, you don't have to be Jewish to be condemned, is what they're getting at. And so, uh, if you've sinned without uh, the law, you're going to also perish without the law. You didn't have to know it. If, even if you didn't know it, that's okay because uh, you still had something. And we'll get to what that was. And you know, like I said, I'm just kind of repeating what I talked about last week. But uh, just because you didn't have the law, the standard, right? If you if you sinned without the standard, you're also going to perish without that standard because, well, you're going to find out you had a standard in the first place. And it says, as many have sinned in the law, meaning Jewish people who who did know right from wrong, uh, per se, in the written letter, uh, they're also uh, going to be judged by that law. So they did have the Ten Commandments. Well, guess what? You didn't keep them, so that's what you're going to be judged by. Well, what about those who didn't have the Ten Commandments? Well, guess what? You're going to be judged by the standard that you did have, meaning the conscience that God gave you, right? So I'm not, God's not going to judge you by the Ten Commandments or the rest of the, the Old Testament law if you're not Jewish. But He's going to judge you by your law. 
meaning whatever it is that you hold yourself as a standard by. You might say, well, I don't hold a standard. Well, you do because that's what Romans chapter 2 is about. In the beginning, he says, remember you're judging the next guy because you're like, well, I'm better than him. Well, that right there shows that you have some sort of standard. And that's the standard you're going to be judged by. And guess what? You can never keep your own standard. And that's the whole point of God is, or Paul is just showing you that there is none righteous, no, not one. And when we get into chapter 3, he finally is going to say, okay, so now that we're all in the level playing field, now let's talk. But anyway, so he goes on to say in verse 13, for not the hearers of the law are just before God. So meaning the Jews, they're not, they're not just because they've heard it. But the doers of the law should be justified. Only if you can do and keep all of those things can you be justified. Well, guess what? A lot of times that doesn't happen. Most of the time. Well, all the time. You can't keep the law. That's the whole point. Just because you heard it doesn't mean you're just. It's, it's when you... Uh, and just because you heard it doesn't mean you're just. It's when you actually do it. Well, guess what? You don't do it. And so that's the whole point is you're condemned. It goes on in verse 14. For when the Gentiles, meaning us, meaning anybody who is not Jewish, for when the Gentiles, which have not the law, that would be us. We weren't born with this Old Testament law to follow, right? So when we who don't have the law do by nature the things contained in the law, well, when I decide just by nature that... I probably ought not sleep with my neighbor's wife. Or I probably ought not go kill my brother. Or I probably ought not go do those things. Well, I didn't need the Old Testament law to tell me those things. That's what it's talking about. So it says, for when the Gentiles, which would be us, when we don't have the law and do by nature the things contained in the law, right? we're, we're already doing those things. These, talking about us, having not the law, having not the Old Testament law, is what we're talking about, uh, are a law unto themselves, meaning we have set our own standard. And is it God's standard? No. We have our own standard. The problem is we can't keep it. Just because we keep it today doesn't mean we're going to keep it tomorrow. Just because we uh, know what's right and wrong doesn't mean we're going to keep it. And so that's the whole point. You read this passage and it's like, well, this guy's got the law and this guy don't have the law and he's justified and he's not. And it's like, I, I'm so confused. I don't know what's going on. Well, when you slow down and you break it down, that's what it's talking about. It goes on and it says, uh, verse 15, which show the work of the law, talking about us still, the Gentiles, we show the work of the law written in our hearts. That would be our conscience, right? God has it in your heart. Their conscience also bearing witness and their thoughts, the mean, right? The mean, the standard, the mean, while accusing or else excusing one another. So that's the whole point is, guess what? The Jews have the law. And they think that they're awesome because they've got it, but they don't keep it. And so they're condemned. The Gentiles don't have the law and they don't keep it. And so they're condemned. But then there's also some Gentiles that don't have the law, but do the things that are contained in the law. So they're living righteously. Well, they're going to be judged by that standard that they're living in. Right. So the whole point of this in the law, out of the law, this guy's got the law, he's around the law, he's under the law, right? Shoot the law through the basket, whatever you got to do. Right. All of that is basically showing it doesn't matter whether you got the law or not, you're still condemned. You're still going to be, keyword of chapter 2, judged, right? That's the whole point. And it's not to like give you this, well, Debbie Downer, well, I'm just screwed kind of uh, thought. It is the fact of he's trying to get everybody, and you'll see once you get to chapter 3, on a level playing field. I don't care if you're... Jewish, I don't care if you're Gentile, I don't care if you're bad Gentile, good Gentile, somewhere in the middle, we're all on a level playing field. Then, for the rest of the book of Romans, we all know where we're at. 
Nobody's better than anybody else. Now we can move forward. That's what he's trying to do through this, right? And so that, I just, I know I talked about that last week, but I wanted to kind of slow down a little bit and go through it again. And so we'll pick up in, uh, verse 17. So here's what I got. I got, today there's only three things. Three things that your religion can't do for you. And I guarantee there's about a million more, but these are three that pop right out of the text today. Um, as we go through this. And so we've talked about in chapter 1, right? Paul had his introduction um, and he did all that. We talked about the, you know, we're not ashamed of the gospel, the faith to faith, all of that, right? And God's still like showing me things with this faith to faith thing. I gave a devotion about it on a, in volleyball Friday night. And it's like it just keeps, there's just more and more there to it. But anyway, um, I did answer your question last week. Did you listen to the recording? Okay, I didn't know if it... Okay, perfect. Because you asked me, and then I'm like, oh, she's not here, but I, I had it on my mind. So anyway, um, so the whole faith-to-faith thing, and then the rest of chapter 1, he goes in and he basically uh, deals with the, uh, we'll call them blue-collar sinners, the, the Gentiles who don't even want anything to do with righteousness, right? And so he condemns all of them. Then we get to chapter 2, and it kind of splits into two parts. The first half we looked at last week, we look at the white collar center the the good centers right if there is such a thing the the i'm i'm judging you i'm still pretty good but and i i i told you last week that if there were three groups that would be the group we fall into right because we have to fall into something but the more i thought about it you really don't fall into that group, right? You really don't fall into that group because you guys are saved. And the the Gentiles that they're talking about in the first part of chapter 2 uh, are really lost people that are just good, uh, good, hard-working lost people, right? The guy living down the road, you know, the guy who takes his kid to, to ball practice and loves his wife and comes to church sometimes and, you know... That's kind of who the first part of chapter 2 is talking about. But those guys aren't saved. Really, if you're going to fall into a group, you're probably going to fall into this last group, not because you're Jewish, right? Because I don't think anybody in here is Jewish. You know, I think Chris, a long way down the line, might you know be able to claim it. But anyway, um, I'm telling you, with the beard, if you got the little the little rabbi hat thing, uh, I'm telling you... if I'm getting both promises. <laughs> Bro, we need to talk. <laughs> okay, so, but if we had to fall into one of these three groups, it's really going to be this last group that we're talking about today because, not because you're Jewish, but because we're religious. And, and I know we like to say no religion, just Jesus, and this, that, and the other. And you're right. I, I like, I, I loathe the term uh, when somebody says that I'm religious, right? I'm not religious. Uh, I follow Jesus, and that's pretty much all of it that there is to it. But for, for today's terms, we fall into this last group because uh, we know right from wrong. Right? The Jews knew right from wrong. The question is, are we living what we know? And so really, this is where we're going to fall into today. So, you know, for as much as you beat yourself up last week over what we taught about, uh, let's, let's deal more with uh, whatever it says today, because uh, this is going to be more you than anybody else. So Romans chapter 2 and verse 17, let's pick it up. He says, Behold, thou art called a Jew. Okay, so not you, obviously, but... Uh, We'll just replace the word Jew with religious, I guess, if you want to, to make it applicable more to you. You're called a Jew, and rest us in the law, and make us thy boast of God, and knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law, and are confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which hath the form of knowledge and the truth of the law. Verse 21, Thou therefore 
which teaches another and teaches not thyself. I went too far. I want to stop in verse 20. An instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, uh, which have the form of knowledge uh, of the truth of the law. So, here's your first thing that your religion can't do for you. Your religion can't put action to your words. Your religion, your church, we'll call it that, your, uh, your standard, right, your holiness, can't put action to your words. You can know everything about what God's got to say. That doesn't mean you're going to live a lick of it. Right? It doesn't mean you're going to live a lick of it. Paul's, he's kind of condemning the Jews here, and, and really, at the first part, he's not. He's kind of boasting them up. He's making them feel real good about themselves, right? He says, uh, hey Jews, you're called a Jew, and you rest us in the law, and they make them boast of God. And they're like, yeah, we do. Right? We do. I'm a Jew. I've got the law. He, read it, he, he wrote it to me. Right? I've got this thing figured out. And, and like, I'm proud of it. Right? I'm a proud Jew. Well, that's what they're saying. The same thing that you might say, right? Yes, I'm a Christian and I'm proud of it, right? I know God's standard for my life. I know what I'm supposed to be doing, right? And I'm proud of it. I'm following Jesus. Hoorah! Right? That's, that's who we are. That's, so we're in the same boat. We're like, yeah. Paul's like, okay, well, let's keep going. He says, and you know His will. Yeah, I know God's will for my life, right? If you're saved, what's God's will for your life? To be sanctified, right? If you're lost... God's will for your life is to get saved. That's it. Right? Not to be a good wife, not to be a good husband, not to any of those things. If you're lost, the only will for God of God for your life is to get saved. Now, once you get saved, He's got an entire plan for being more like Him. That's called sanctification. So anyway, and you know His will. So yeah, you're like, yeah, you're just proving my point, Paul. I know God's will. Right? These Gentiles, they're jacked up. He says, and you know His will. And approve us the things which are more excellent. Yeah, because these things are godly and these are the things that we do, right? We sacrifice in the temple, right? We come to church on Sunday. We baptize people like we're going to do today. We're doing all the right things. Yeah, Paul, you're making my point for me. Good job. That's what these guys are thinking. Being instructed out of the law. Yeah, yeah, the law. He wrote it to us, right? Being instructed out of the Bible, same thing. We're like, yes, I'm a Christian. I've got my King James Bible. What else do I need, right? So yeah, Paul's... He's going right along the lines. And he's like, okay, you're falling right into my trap. But okay, I'll keep going. He goes on to say in verse 19, And you're confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness. Well, yeah, Paul, uh, we have the law. The Gentiles don't. So, yeah, we have the light. We're trying to show them the light, but they don't want to get it, right? The same thing that we would like to say yeah, we've got the light. I pray every week before we go out of here. Send us out as lights in a dark world. Yeah, Paul, we got it, right? Christian, got my Bible. Yes, I'm a light of the blind. I'm doing all these things. Paul, you're spot on. He goes on. He's like really boasting these guys up just so he can pop their bubble here in a minute. But we'll go on. In verse 20, an instructor of the foolish. Yes, the Gentiles, because that's what they think. The Gentiles are fools. Notice some of these things that he says. A teacher of babes, because they look at themselves like, we're the teachers here, you're the babes, right? I'm the adult in the room, you're obviously not. That's how they looked at the Gentiles. So now he's kind of starting to uh, to set them up for failure because he's he's touting them and showing their hypocrisy against the same way that we like to say, yeah, I'm I'm the more mature Christian, and I'm trying to really lead this person along, and you know that's what we do. We shouldn't, but that's what we do, you know. And so they go. He goes on, uh, and the instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which hath the form of knowledge and the truth of the law. They're like, yeah, we've got all that, Paul. You're exactly right. I'm so glad that you spent 
the first part of or the last part of chapter one condemning these wicked Gentiles, and you spent the first part of chapter two condemning uh, the Gentiles who aren't all that bad. Thank you, Paul, for proving our point. Right? Well, guess what? Because I know I'm not talking to any Jews here, so I'm talking to you. And here's the first thing that your religion can't do for you. You can know all of that. You can say all of that. You can put on your little uh, golden halo, right? And, and your, little, your little church outfit, and you can go and do whatever you do and be proud of it. But your religion can't put action to your words. You can say it all day long. You can believe it all day long. But until you start doing it, don't nobody else believe you. Right? Too often, you see people get so excited about, oh yeah, I've got something figured out. I've been through D1. I've been through D2. I've done all these different things. And look at me. I should be the next... Well, guess what? You haven't got involved in anything. And all it is, is they're empty words. Right? And that's what religion is full of today. That's what churches are full of today. They're full of empty words, of empty religion, of false works, and nobody's doing anything for God. Right? And that's why I call it religion, because that's what it is, right? And that's why we need to hold to the fact of we're not religious, but man, we want to be like Jesus. You know, so that's the first thing. Your religion, it can't put action to your words because man these guys are full of words Paul's like yeah 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 and these guys are like yes 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 and he's like okay but he goes on in verse 21 verse 21 he says thou therefore therefore which teachest another teachest thou not thyself all of a sudden their head jerks up what what did you say thou that preachest a man should not steal dost thou steal Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? These guys are getting offended now. Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Thou that makest thy boast of the law, through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God? Now, okay, so that's straight up a kick in the face, right? For the name of God is blaspheme among the Gentiles through you as it is written. So all of a sudden, they're, uh, they're high and mighty. Yes, Paul, you've got me figured out. All of a sudden, uh, they went from offended to hacked off real quick, right? It wasn't just a... Sometimes, you know, somebody says something, you're like, I'm not sure I completely agree with that. And then there's other times that somebody says something, and you're like, I, I don't just not agree with that, but that uh, that got on my wrong side, and now I'm ready to, you know, we're ready to go to blows about this thing, right? You know, I'm, I'm ready to go. That's not okay. You know, you can say anything about me you want to, right? You, you, your teaching's trash, Jason. You know, you, you follow Jesus like trash, whatever. You say what you want, I don't care. You start talking about my wife, now all of a sudden it's time to go to blows, right? You're not going to talk about my wife like that. You're not going to talk about my kids like that. You know, there's only certain things that are going to... But that's what these guys are like. Oh, wait a minute, you're not going to talk about my religion like that because that's what the Jews, I mean, their religion was way higher than anything else. So here's the next thing that your religion can't do for you. Your religion can't stop your hypocrisy. Your religion, and that's kind of an oxymoron, right? Your religion can't stop your hypocrisy because really hypocrisy is religion um, in the truest form of the word. But it can't stop your hypocrisy. Let's circle back around. So he has just touted them up. He's just made them feel like they've got this world figured out. Paul, thank you for writing this letter because, man, you're right. We are the Jews and we've got it figured out. He says, uh, Thou therefore which teachest another, teachest not thyself. And now that preachest, a man should not steal. Does that steal? They're like, what are you talking about? 
What do you mean? Well, Paul knew exactly what was going on. You're going to teach these people. You're going to try to teach the Gentiles, hey, you're supposed to follow this law. You're supposed to do all this thing. Man, have you looked in the mirror lately? Just because you're not outwardly sinning, just because you're not uh, you're making it public, you know, just because you're not sleeping with another guy or another girl or whatever it is, you know, go back to chapter 1, we can circle back around to that. Just because you're not outwardly sinning, I mean, just, teach us not thou thyself, Paul says. They're like, what do you mean? I've already got this figured out. Right? I've got this figured out. He preaches that a man should not steal. Does thou steal? They're like, I haven't stole nothing. Right? Are you sure? Are you sure? And he goes on because, well, maybe you haven't stolen. Okay. Thou that saith a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? What? No, I'm not sleeping with some other man's wife. Well, here, I'm going to go a little farther and explain to you what I mean. Because just because you're not sleeping with somebody else's wife, uh, that adultery, that spiritual adultery, here, let me show you what that means. Thou that adhorest idols, does thou commit sacrilege? Oh, that's the adultery you're talking about. And yeah, I'm not sleeping with some other, some other man's wife, but you're committing adultery on God when all of a sudden you've got some other idol that's more important than He is. Right? And they're like, what do you mean? I haven't stolen anything. Well, you've stolen God's righteousness. You've stolen God's glory and put it on yourself. Well, I haven't... I haven't there's been no adultery in my life, right? He says, oh, wait a minute. I'm, I've got an idol that's taken the place of God, and God, I'm supposed to be a spouse to Him. Right? Well, I don't have any other idols. Oh, wait. I've got this fancy house and these really awesome kids and this nice car and this big TV and, you know, just go on and on and on, right? Whatever it is for you. Paul's like, hey, guys, I get it. I'm a Jew too. You know, and, and we'll get to that later. But he, he's like, hey, I'm not trying to kick you. I'm not trying to kick you. But I mean, if the shoe fits, he's like, hey. Because it's, it's interesting that he, he kept the Jews till last. Because the entire time that he was condemning the lost Gentiles and then the, the good lost Gentiles, right? These guys are just, they're doing what they always do. They're patting themselves on the back like, yes, we have got it figured out, right? The same way that we as the church, no, not me, no, okay. The same way that we as the church like to say, man, that person is jacked up. They need Jesus. Well, what would you do to get them, Jesus? Did you say anything to them? Because if not, you, those are empty words. Right? And that's what that is. We like to say, man, we got this figured out, right? I know what God's Word says. I know that I've got God's Word in my hand. Well, praise God. Did you take it to somebody else? Because if not, man, you're guilty. He, he touts the Jews. They've, he's got them feeling real good about themselves. And then all of a sudden, he's like, okay, now we need to talk. We need to address this thing. I'm not an adulterer. Oh, you're talking about spiritual adultery. Now I'm picking up what you're throwing down. Now I see what you're saying. Spiritual adultery. He goes on. Thou that adhorest idols, does thou commit sacrilege? Thou that makest thy boast of the law through breaking the law, dishonorest God. He's like, hey, if you're going to, uh, if you're going to say that I'm holding to the law and I've got this thing all figured out, and you're going to break it. Yeah, but that's okay because he's like, hey, you're dishonoring God. You're not just breaking the law. You're not just 
At the end of the day, you know what that is? You're dishonoring God. And you're making a fool of yourself. That's what it is. And so he just basically uh, kicks the Jews straight in the teeth. And he's just like, hey, so now what? Right? So what are we going to do about this whole thing? <laughs> Verse 24 really gets him the worst, though. He says in 23 that they're dishonoring thou God. Right? Well, wait a minute. God is the most holy thing ever. Well, you're not living like it. But verse 24 is where it really, I think, really cuts their heart. It says, For the name of God is blaspheme among the Gentiles through you. Not because of you, but through you. The Gentiles, you know, the ones that you're saying are wicked and they just can't get right, right? They got a bad case of they can't get rights and, you know, they're just, they're all messed up and you're just condemning them. They're condemned through you. Not because of you, but through you. Because they're looking at you. And you're claiming this standard of holiness. You're claiming this, this is what following Jesus is supposed to look like. And they see that. And they're like, you know what? I don't want nothing to do with it because it's full of hypocrisy. You know the reason why your neighbor down the road doesn't want nothing to do with Jesus? Why your coworker doesn't want nothing to do with Jesus? Because all the Jesus they've ever seen is in fake Christians. Right? And that's why they don't follow. And all of a sudden, it's just like, so now you're going to tell me, this is what the Jews are thinking, so now you're going to tell me it's my fault that they're wicked. And Paul's like, yes, I am. You're exactly right. I'm glad you're tracking with me. Right? It's one thing to get on them, because they could be like, yeah, yeah, but, I know I'm not supposed to do that, but, yeah, but. But their standard as a Jew, what they were so proud of, In the end, in the essence of what they are, it wasn't the fact that they were a Jew and they were God's chosen people. It was the fact that they were God's chosen people and the Gentiles weren't. It was that they were the chosen ones and you weren't. It's that they were the firstborn child and you aren't, right? Or whatever it is, right? It's that they've got some standing that the Gentiles don't and they're better than them because of it. And so now, if you're going to tell me that the reason the Gentiles are messed up is because of me... That's like the worst this you could make on them, right? That's the worst thing you could do to them. Your religion and all the things that go with it. All of the the Lord's suppers and the baptisms and the coming to church every week, right? And the ministry work uh, and the long late nights and the the everything that you do that would fall under what the world would call religion. It can't stop your hypocrisy. And it can't stop what's showing the lost world that they want nothing to do with it. The only thing that can stop your hypocrisy is you. Your religion's not going to do it. You trying harder, right? You saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do more, that's just going to drive it farther away. It's only when you finally decide that, you know what, I'm just going to follow God. I'm just going to let Him lead it and Him you know, do everything. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I see what you're saying. Right? That's the whole point is your religion can't stop your hypocrisy. So he's just really, he's just really got him. Right? He's just really. It's all good, right? I'm not mad. It's all good. He's just really kicked the Jews in the teeth. Right? And so he cut them to the heart. And he's like, just in case you didn't pick up what I'm throwing down, right? I got one last thing to say. And this is where, this is where he just really, I mean, like I said, he, he just really got them. But now he's going to get them, uh, you know, because, you know, they're the chosen people, right? Now he's going to go on a little farther. Here's your third thing that your religion can't do for you. Your religion can't change your heart. 
And let's read about that. Verse 25 to 29. I'm going to read this, and somebody just, uh, just somebody just explain to me what it means after I read it, right? Because once you read this, it just seems completely logical, right? In verse 25, he goes on to say, For circumcision verily profiteth, if, if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, the circumcision is, thou, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if the uncircumcision shall keep righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter of the circumcision does not transgress the law. Uh, for he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, uh, which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not of the letter, who praise, uh, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So what does that mean? Right? Because when you read that, you're like, that makes total sense, doesn't it? You read that, and it's just like, I'm tracking with you, Paul. Right. Circumcision. What? Because that's what, that's what he's saying. Well, guess what? Let me slow down for a minute. Let me break this down. Let me, let me, uh, let me show you what Paul's really saying. Right? Because he's really... He's been showing the Jews, hey, the reason that your Gentile buddy down the road, who isn't really your buddy because you think you're better than him, the reason that he's acting like he is, is because you're a hypocrite. And let me talk about that for a minute, right? And here's what he says. So let's, let's break down this uh, circumcision thing. So who, who all wrote out the book? Uh, this, who wrote out chapter 2 this week? That's a lot of circumcision, isn't it? Right? When you're writing that thing out, it's like what in the world is going on here, right? So let me, let me slow this thing down a little bit. And because when you read it all at once, it's like, say what? But when you when you break it down, let's talk about what he's saying. He says, he says, for circumcision verily profiteth if thou keepeth or if thou keep the law. So let's back up for a minute. What is uh, what was the purpose of circumcision with the Jews? It's a sign. It was a sign, right? It was a God-given sign. Remember back in Genesis, God said, Abraham, you're my chosen dude, and here's what we're going to do. There's going to be a sign, something that is a symbol to show. Now, I don't think they were running around showing everybody, but it was a symbol to show. (laughs) It was a symbol to show. It was a sign. (laughs) I'm a Jew. (laughs) Are you a Jew? (laughs) It was a symbol to show... <laughs> no, I am. I'm just I'm letting Meredith catch up. It was a symbol. It was a symbol to show God's chosen people who they were. It was a sign, right? So the the whole circumcision thing. God said, "Hey, on the eighth day." Uh, of any new child. So there was a day when they all got circumcised, right? Uh, because anybody who was older than that, and they're like, okay, uh, is, is a rough day in the camp, I think is how Chris, uh, I think how Chris pointed it out when we were teaching through Genesis back in the day. It's like, that was a rough day, uh, on the farm, right? Every, every guy got circumcised. But anyway, after that point, any new male that came into, uh, uh, that was born into on the eighth day, he was circumcised, right? And so that was the sign of the nation of Israel. They were circumcised. Okay, so when they're talking about circumcision, they're simply talking about the sign. We're not, I mean, obviously we are talking about the physical aspect of it, but the, when they're touting their, I'm circumcised, it's not like, hey, look at this. They're saying, I'm circumcised because I'm a Jew and I'm God's chosen person, right? I'm circumcised because God chose me. So they're like, hey, I've got this, 
uh, I'm God's firstborn, I'm God's chosen one. That's what circumcision means. And so that's when you start attacking their circumcision, you're attacking their uh, basically their inheritance with God. And now all of a sudden, them fighting words because I need everything, I need all dad's money when he dies, right? At the end of the day. So you're, you're, you're attacking their inheritance. So he says, for the name, uh, back up, Verse 25, for circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law. So when it says verily profiteth, it's very profitable. So that sign, that circumcision sign is very profitable if thou keep the law. Yeah, I, I keep most of the law. Well, it doesn't say when you keep most of the law. It says if thou keep the law. So that sign of you being God's chosen person, that profits a lot, right? Because it shows that you're God's chosen one if you keep the law. But if thou break, if thou be a breaker of the law, yeah, but just broken like one of them, right? Or just a little bit, right? If thou be a breaker, I gotta find it of the law, thy circumcision, thy inheritance, right, is made uncircumcision. Meaning, I don't care if you had the physical operation done or not. If you're gonna be a breaker of the law you just as well be like the uncircumcised guy down the road because you're no longer in the inheritance of God. That's what he's talking about. And so all of a sudden, he's like, it profits tons. It's very profitable if you can keep the law. But if you're a breaker of the law, your, your sign that you're God's chosen one is just basically, uh, well, it just reversed. Now, I don't know how we can do a reverse operation on that, but it's reversed because now all of a sudden, you're not. You're not of the inheritance, of the circumcision. Okay? So that's how the first sentence breaks down. Okay, it makes a little bit more sense. So what else does it have to say? Therefore, verse 26, if the uncircumcision, meaning those who aren't circumcised, meaning those who don't have God's blessing, God's promise, God's uh, inheritance on their life, Example, the Gentiles. That's what he's getting at. So when he talks about the uncircumcision, he's talking about the Gentiles. So he says, therefore, if the uncircumcision, if the Gentiles keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision, should not his unholiness, ungodliness, unwillingness, undeservedness to get the inheritance, shouldn't it be counted for? Inheritance for blessing for if he's going to keep the law when you didn't because remember when you didn't keep the law it basically took your blessing uh, and made it no longer a blessing uh, and so if he's going to keep the law remember we talked earlier it's not the law it's his law in his heart right if he's going to keep the law shouldn't his unworthiness or worthy not worthing unworthiness to receive the blessing shouldn't that swap back to the fact that he should deserve the blessing because he's actually keeping the law in his heart? Right? Remember, he's, he's, he's attacking the Jews right now. Not really attacking them, but he's, he's laying it out there for them. You know, he just basically said the reason the Jews act like they do, or the Gentiles act like they do is because you're a hypocrite. And, and so, okay, and let, now let's talk about your, your blessedness of your circumcision, right? And so now all of a sudden he's basically said if you're going to not follow the law, you might as well not be circumcised because you're not of the inheritance anymore. And this guy, if he's going to keep his law, he might as well take your spot. Oh, now those really are fighting words. Because remember, I'm the teacher of those babes, right? I'm the leader of that blind. You know, 
all of a sudden Paul's saying, when you thought you were up here and the Gentiles were down here, well, God's going to do a flip-flop. Now, I'm not talking about a physical flip-flop because some people will take this right here and they'll say, well, see, that right there teaches that replacement theology. That now the church, the Gentiles who get saved, are going to take Israel's place. It's not that at all. The rest of the Bible is clearly teaching that that's not the case, that God has a plan for Israel. But what Paul's trying to show them is, hey, they're no different than you. So anyway... So, he's saying if they're going to keep their law, shouldn't their unworthiness, their uncircumcision, their Gentileness make them worthy to be whatever you are? It's starting to make a little bit more sense now. Well, why couldn't it just say that then? Because that's not what the original word said when they translated from Greek to English. That's why. Come to D2 and you can track with what I'm saying on that. So, we didn't have to you know, try to change... The, the wording to make it easier for you to understand. Uh, we're just going to allow you to study the Bible to figure out what it understand, what it means. That way you're actually getting the Word of God. So anyway, sorry, sidetracked on the, the King James Bible thing. So anyway, he goes on to say, shall not uh, his uncir- uncircumcision... Uh, let's see. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, be counted for circumcision. And in 27, he picks up and he says, and shall not uncircumcision, so the Gentiles again, which uh, is by nature... Like they're by nature, they don't have a law, right? I didn't give them the law. That's what Paul's saying. They they didn't receive the law. So uh, should shouldn't the Gentiles, the uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfills the law? So if they're keeping the law and you're not, uh, so here's like the the cherry on top. If they're keeping the law and you're not, if it fulfills the law, judge thee. So now shouldn't they be? The leader of you being the blind? Shouldn't they be the teacher of you being the babe? All of a sudden, they've done the role reversal, and the Jews are not happy. They're like, hang on. right? What are you talking about, Paul? Shouldn't they judge thee who by the letter, meaning the law, right? the letter of the law, we like to say that, we follow the letter of the law, that's what we say, who by the letter and circumcision and the blessing that was given to you, remember great, 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 great grandpa Abraham? said that, you know, God talked to me and we've got this blessing, a land, a name, a seed, and a blessing, right? we got all these promises, the Abrahamic covenant. We've got not only the letter of the law, remember? Great, 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 great Paul Moses, right? He, he got the law and wrote it down. Uh, so we've got the letter of the law and we've got circumcision, which was given to Abraham, right? Does it not transgress the law? He says that who by the letter and of the circumcision you're basically condemned yourself twice. Right? You're already not doing what Grandpa Abraham said we needed to do. And then if that wasn't clear enough, you're not doing what Grandpa Moses wrote down that we were supposed to do. You're a transgressor of the law. You're guilty. And if these guys are keeping their quote-unquote law that God put in their heart, shouldn't they be judging you instead of you judging them? That's what he's saying. And they're like, well, no! Well, maybe, if that's what if that's how you're putting it. But you know, all of a sudden, you know, Paul's really got all up in their feelers, right? And they, he's like, "Hey, there's way too much conviction going on here. Uh, we're gonna need to put this on pause until I can process this, and we'll come back and we'll talk some more." Paul's like, "I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet." He says, "You're transgressing the law." Verse 28. For he is not a Jew, meaning the Gentiles. So he's starting to break it down a little more plain to read. He's not a Jew, which is one outwardly, right? I'm not outwardly a Jew, right? 
Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, right? Which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision which is one outward in the flesh. So he's not a Jew. He doesn't have the the physical operation of the circumcision going on, right? It's not outwardly done. I think you're picking up what I'm throwing down, right? Which is outward in the flesh. I'm talking about the physical operation for a second here. We're, we're, we're taking a time out from the spiritual. The Gentiles, yeah, we know he's not a Jew. Uh, he didn't have that operation done, right? So uh, we know they're not Jewish. He's, Paul's like, I know. I, I, was, I was using uh, an example to say that he should be judging you. I know he's not a Jew. It's okay, right? And then in verse 29, he really just kind of finishes it. He, he lays it out there and the whole deal finishes up. He says, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. Well, what does that mean? We just said he's not a Jew. Right? We just said that he's not. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. Well, what does that mean? He didn't, have the, he didn't have the operation. He's one inwardly. And here's what circumcision really means. He says, and circumcision is that of the heart. That whole circumcision thing that we were so caught up with, we were like, man, I can't get it figured out, right? This whole thing. It's, it's all about, why, is it, why, are we, why does that have to be the sign? Couldn't it have been like they shaved their head or something? You know, a little easier to discern. I don't, well, I'm not God, so I don't know. But anyway, he says, hey, here's why. Because that circumcision is that of the heart. He's talking about a spiritual circumcision. He's talking about what you do is God goes in spiritually and He cuts away the excess crap off of your heart to where He can get to it, to where He can see it, to where He can use it, right? He's like, hey, you're right. He's not outwardly a Jew. He didn't have that operation done. But He's more of a Jew than you are in the heart, right? And that's the whole point of the third thing that your religion can't do for you. Your religion can't change your heart. You can live all that religion. You can do all those things, but it can't change your heart. Right? You can be circumcised all the day long. You can be Jewish all the day long. You can be holy or religious. You're not holy if you're religious, but you, you, you can be religious all you want. It's not going to make you holy. It's not going to show the change of heart. Right? There's a physical change when somebody gets circumcised. I think we track in with what that is, right? There should be a physical change when somebody is spiritually circumcised. Right? When, when the excess crap is cut away. He says, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And that circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter of the law. Right? Whose praise is not of men, but of God. These Jews are so caught up with, look at me. I'm keeping the sacrifices. I'm doing all these things. I'm, he's touting himself. He's been doing it since we started. Right? Remember, Paul started with just touting the Jews, making them feel like, yes, yes, yes. And he says, you know what? Whose praise is not of men, but of God. He boils it down. He's like, guys, guess what? You're just as jacked up as they are. You're just as messed up as they are, right? And so that's where we're at. We're not Jewish. But man, we do know right from wrong. We do know what we're supposed to be doing. The question is, are we doing it? Right? Our religion isn't going to do any of these things. It's not going to put action to your words. It's not going to stop your hypocrisy and it's not going to change your heart. But what is, is allowing God to live through you. Right? And to start doing these things naturally. The way that some of the Gentiles, now obviously the chapter 1 Gentiles probably weren't, uh, but some of these Gentiles, they were doing a better job of following God and they didn't even know who God really was than the Jews who knew but weren't living it. And that's the whole point. 
And so he wraps up chapter 2 like that. He's basically just laid it out for the Jews and they're at a point where they're like, I don't even know what to say. Because there's a lot of truth in what you're saying. I don't like it. But there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. You ever like been through that in your life? Or somebody's teaching or you know, you're going through some sort of something in your life and you're like, I don't like what you're saying. It's probably true. I still don't like it. Right? That happens a lot. <laughs> you know, Brian's preaching or something's going on. It's like, I, I'm picking up what you're throwing down. I wish you would stop. But for now, I, you might be right. I'm not going to say that you are, though. Right? You've, there's just times in life that's called conviction. Right? And so, what you do with that is what you do with that. So... Anyway, so that's chapter 2. Now everybody's on a level playing field. Everybody's on a level playing field. Messed up Gentiles, not so messed up Gentiles, Jews, all, everybody alike. We're all in the same boat. We're all guilty. And so now we're ready to get into chapter 3 next week where Paul's like, okay, now that everybody knows where we're at, now we can pick up from here and we can get somewhere. And so now he's going to start really getting into, okay, here's the nuts and bolts of this thing. But he had to get everybody, and you don't notice it when you're just reading it. You read through it and it's like, okay, I get it. Until you see what he's doing. He's broken this thing down. He's got everybody on a level playing field. He's like, okay, now. Now let's talk. All right, so uh, here's the task for this week, and then we'll pray and we'll get out of here. So uh, not homework because you don't have to do this, right? Um, uh, read Romans 3. Right? So we're in Romans 3 now. Five times. So skip two days if you want to. So read Romans 3 five times and read the entire book one time. Are you tired of reading Romans yet? Because if you are, man, you're not getting enough out of it. Because every time I read through this book, there's something new. There's something more. Right? And so, guys, at the end of the day, you're reading. I know, it's a lot of reading. It really is not. If you break it down, was there 16 chapters plus... uh, Plus five, uh, um, if my math is right, that's 21. So 21 chapters in a week, 21 divided by seven. I'm not, yeah, so wow. Look at you, look at you mathematicians. Three chapters a day, really. That's not that much. And so, uh, but it does, the more you read it, you're like, I've read it already. The more you read it, God will continue to show you things. So anyway, uh, read Romans three, five times, read the, uh, the entire chapter one time. And then go back to chapter two. And you already found the key word. Find what you think the key verse is. And I also want you to give why you think it's the key verse. And I'm going to ask you next week. And I need some feedback, right? Yeah, chapter 2. The chapter we just got done with. So we just went through it. We found the key word, right? Probably judgment, judge, and all those things. So let's find uh, what you think the key verse of that chapter, what really sums that chapter up, and then come back and and let's chat about it before we get started next week. So let's pray and we'll get out of here. Sorry for going over. Father God, I love you. Thank you for the day, Lord. I I pray that you do just convict our hearts. Uh, Lord, I do pray that uh, we aren't like the Jews uh, in the book of Romans, but uh, we are just living for you, God. Uh, We do know right from wrong. We do know the things we're supposed to be doing, but God, I do pray that... uh, that we're doing it. And just because we know it, if we're not doing it, it doesn't do any good. And so I pray that our lives aren't driving the lost world away from you, but they're they're drawing the lost world towards you. So I pray that you would send us out this week as lights in a dark world, that you just get all